Where's a good station? Glory. Glory. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name is Bill, and I'm sitting across the table from the guard dog. Grace Guard Dog Steve, and we're ready to podcast, ready to pick up where we left off last podcast. Oh, oh, <laughs> yes. We hope you're ready, too, because we're going to continue with this idea about the new covenant being as its foundation, the idea of manifesting God. That's what the whole new covenant is about manifesting God. And we really mean that about we hope you're ready because the Grace Guard Dog Pound is the most important part of the Guardians of Grace. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Now, let's see. Last week we were talking about that no eye had seen, no ear had heard, meaning no human eye had seen, no human ear had heard the things which God predestined for us, his plan for us. And we saw that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it was saying that the natural man just doesn't get it. The natural man just doesn't get it. But the spirit that God has placed inside of us, the spiritual man who has the mind of Christ, which is exactly what Paul said in the last verse of 1 Corinthians 2, he said, but you have the mind of Christ. You have it. You got it when you received Christ, when you were born again. And it's not your intellect that picks up on the deep things of God, the spiritual thoughts expressed in spiritual words. It is your spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ, who picks up and learns what the Bible says. So it's not a matter of using your intellect. It's a matter of depending on your spirit to receive the words of God. And that's kind of what where we left off. And that's, that's so key, too, Steve, because, well, one thing he chose to foolish, the weak, and the not-so-scholarly. The base. The base to reveal himself to. And there's a purpose for that. We talked about it last week that God manifests best through contrast and not contradictions. Contradictions and contrast. Yeah. Like in James, you know, saying that count it all joy. joy. And he lists all these contrary things. 
but he draws it back to it's the spirit that manifests in the middle of these trials. Yeah, that, that's what you count joy because you're going to see a manifestation, and he brought about the contrast to make the manifestation to be clearly seen of God and not of us. Yes. So James was saying that the foundation of the Christian life, he says, you go through trials in order to either manifest your human nature and not do so well during the trial or manifest the spirit of God and do very well in the trials. That's ultimately what God has put trials in our life to reveal. He reveals the activity of God through those trials. And once you've become aware of this and you learn how to discern flesh from spirit, you can actually see God coming out of somebody to solve a trial. To, to, he manifests himself through the person so that you get along better with somebody or they get along better with you when the words are not jiving so well. He comes in and speaks the right words and everything flows like a river. Once you're turned on to the idea, you can actually know that you're seeing God or you're fellowshipping with God during those times. And it's clearly seen, how should I say this? Use your words. <laughs> <laughs> That's how people usually say things, Bill. Here's how Steve and I can't win. If we say two natures, we'll get a complaint from someone. It's not two natures, it's flesh and spirit. It's flesh and spirit. And then if we say flesh and spirit, we'll get... Two people will get someone call in and say two natures. It, no matter what we do, we always see. Here's what we want to avoid: we we want to avoid Joe's the good guy and Jeff is the bad guy, or Steve is the good guy. No, Steve would be the bad guy. Um, Jeff would be the good guy and Steve would be the bad guy. Believers or unbelievers. And we're about to blow your mind today yeah. because we're going to have to toss that one out, too. Yes, yes. Saying because of his action, I think he's an unbeliever because he just won't act right today. That That is not like Jesus said to the, the Pharisees. He said, make a righteous judgment. You're judging according to appearance, but I'm telling you, judge according to the heart, whether it be the new heart. Remember David in Psalms 51.10 saying, Lord, create in me a new heart. In Jesus prophesying in Ezekiel and Jeremiah that I will give you a new heart and I will put my spirit in you, or Romans 5, 5, where it says he gave us a new heart and he poured the spirit in the new heart. Well, we are supposed to make righteous judgments and understand whether it's the new heart. Remember, the good man brings forth good treasures out of his heart and the bad man 
brings forth evil from his heart. Well, it's either the good heart or the bad heart. Same man. Same person manifesting either the flesh heart or the spirit heart. We want you all to become aware of just how saturated the New Testament is with this idea. It is constantly trying to teach you about your two natures. As a matter of fact, the Bible is replete. Oh, there's that word, replete. The New Testament is replete about the idea of your two natures. And we're going to go to, let's go to John chapter 8 and see if indeed that passage does not turn out to be talking about the two natures. And, And it's a passage that You've read plenty of times, and it has always confused you because Jesus was saying things that don't add up to to, to how the co- the flow of the conversation. But once you understand this idea that the spiritual man discerns and le- learns all things, even the deep things of God, because. God has not given us the spirit of the world, but the spirit from God, and that makes up the spiritual man, and the spiritual man discerns all these things, but the human man does not. He can't. It's foolish. So we'll look at this passage in John chapter 8, and I'm just going to pull out a few verses that, that come because it's a lengthy section of scripture and I don't want to bore you by reading the whole thing but did you just say you're going to bore the audience by reading a bunch of scriptures <laughs> you don't that's know the, the dog bound no no we are all a bunch of bible nerds that's true the, the, don't get bored with the bible but for continuity's sake yes that's yes, what we're doing yes. so we're we're in John chapter 8 and he has just save the woman who got caught in adultery from being stoned. And he goes out to those people and begins to speak to them again. The very same people that admitted they'd sinned. The very same people that all had admitted they'd sinned. In, let's say, verse 30, he says, As he spoke, these things, many came to believe in him. That's John chapter 8, verse 30. Then it says, Jesus therefore was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, that means they were believers, believers. So we're going to give them the term believers. Yes. If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And these believers answered him and said, We are Abraham's offspring and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we shall become free? And Jesus says to them, Truly I say to you, Everyone who commits a single sin is slave to sin. Wait a minute. That's everyone in the audience 
because these were the same Pharisees that wanted to stone the woman and had the opportunity if they had not committed a single sin. Yes, and, and it's not to mention it's the whole planet. <laughs> and the whole planet. Yeah. But these guys just admitted it. Yeah, yeah. But, but then it goes on to say, I know that you are Abraham's offspring, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I know, he says, I know you're the descendants of Abraham. So he admits that, but why does he say what he says next? If you are Abraham's children, you would do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, Abraham did not do that. So he said, he admitted that he knew that they were Abraham's children. And now he says, if you're Abraham's children, it seems to be contradictory, but we're going to see that Jesus is having a conversation in line with the new covenant about God manifesting himself or a person manifesting the Adamic nature, the nature of Adam that we all have. Same person. Same person. You are doing the deeds of your father, trying to kill him. You are doing the deeds of your father. Now, who could his father be then? They, they, they were saying it. the father was Abraham. But now he's saying you're doing the deeds of your father. Is there another father that we're talking about? He, he goes on to say, the Jews say, we weren't born of fornication. We have but one father. That is God. They said, God is our father. And he says, if God were your father, you would love me for I preceded forth and have come from God but not even of my own will, but of the will of him who sent me. Then Jesus says, why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't hear my word. And then in verse 44, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do what your father desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks, he speaks from his own nature, not the nature of God, his own nature. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So you see that Jesus is saying, hey, your father's Abraham. That's making it a judgment of the flesh. Just as a human being, they were descendants of Abraham. But now he goes in and looks at the nature and he's saying, you're not manifesting the nature of God, but you're manifesting the nature of Adam or the nature of the devil himself. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3 so you can see what I'm saying. You want me to read it? I got the 
King James right here. King James version. Yes, sir. I'd love it if you would, especially with my eyes. I can't, I can't see what I'm reading. Well, I'm going to read. I'll read First John three five to ten. Okay. And then we'll see what it says. Okay. First John three five, and ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither known him. That would be experience him. Yes. Getting a little scared here. Yeah. Right. You think you're 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 playing with your eternal salvation, but we're not. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Sins not. Ever. Not. And that's Brazo or Poeo? Poeo. Poeo. Not a single time. Not one single sentence does whoever is abiding in God ever do. Not one time does the Spirit ever do that. The Spirit never sins. Never. Verse 7, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So I see two manifests yes. so far. Yeah, yeah, manifesting the, the child of the devil and manifesting the spirit. Yes, sir. And manifesting the devil. Yes. Let's see, verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. And I think that's our Poyeo word again. A single sin. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9. Whoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Again, that's poyeo. Poyeo. Commit one single sin. You've committed a sin before, Steve. Yes, but when I'm in the Spirit, I don't commit one single sin. You've committed a lot of sins. Not in the Spirit, though. That's the But you have not, by the Spirit, committed a single sin ever, and neither have I and neither is anyone in the Grace Guard Dog Pound or anyone. No, but by my father, the devil, isn't that what it says? You habitually sin. I habitually sin. Perazzo. Verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil are manifest. Uh, I added in that last manifest, but it's okay. Okay, but there was one manifest in there. Yeah. Let me read it again. Okay. In this the children of God are manifest 
and the children of the devil. So it's in the context of manifesting. Yes. So you, you see, John has written a letter to, to everybody telling them how to fellowship so that their joy can be complete. And he's telling them you have to fellowship with somebody who's in the spirit. And he gives 20 different illustrations of being in either the flesh or the spirit. And this one, he, he uses children of the devil for the flesh and children of the spirit, children of God for the spirit. And it, he actually says they can't sin because they've been born of the sperma of God. He literally brings Cannot it out. a single sin. Yes. That that the child of God was the thing that was born when you were born again. It's not you. Later on in 1 John, he says, you are called the children of God. That it's a title given to Christians. But the child of God who is in you does not ever, 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 ever sin. And when Jesus is talking to those people in John chapter 8, he says, I can tell who your, the nature of your father is manifesting. Which nature is manifesting? He said, yeah, according to lineage, you're Abraham's offspring. But according to what you're manifesting, you're not manifesting Abraham's offspring, but you're manifesting the children of the devil. And I wish I could see you manifesting the spirit. I would be talking differently. But this passage in John, where he starts talking to them about who their father is, doesn't make any sense at all unless you understand the concept of the flesh and spirit, and then you know that Jesus was talking about what those people were manifesting. It says the word there, Fanaru, four times. Because he called them believers. He called them believers. He absolutely did. Those believing. Yes, those believing in him, he said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they said, how can you call us slaves? We've been slaves of no one. We're sons of Abraham. And he says, oh, I know you're sons of Abraham according to lineage, but you're manifesting the son of the devil. And it becomes a fascinating passage to read once you read it through the lens of what you can manifest. You can and may not manifest on any given moment, and the trials bring out the manifestations. Was Paul the apostle a believer? Paul the apostle was a believer. But he was also a slave to sin. He was also a slave to sin. That's a good point. We should go there to Romans 7. We should just read it right off the page, because Paul was a believer, in, in Romans 7, we're going to see that he says, I'm sold into bondage to sin. I'm trying to get us there now. Okay, I'm there. I'm there. Look at verse, we'll start in verse 11. For sin taking the opportunity through the commandment deceived me and through it killed me. So then the law is holy and the commandment is righteous and good. Therefore, did that which is good become a cause of 
death for me? May it never be. Rather, it was sin in order that it might be shown to be sin by affecting my death through that which was good, so that sin might become utterly sinful. For we all know that the law is a spiritual, but I am of flesh. I am human in nature, sold into bondage to sin. That was where, if the Son makes you free, if the Spirit separates you, because later on in this same passage, he says, O wretched man that I am, who will separate me from this body of death? Well, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, he said. He said, Jesus Christ set me free from this body of death. And that is exactly what he was telling the people in John chapter 8. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. What was he talking about? Exactly the dilemma that Paul was describing in Romans 7. I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do want to do, and I do the very thing I hate, and it's not me doing it, but it's sin that is controlling me, dominating me, enslaving me. Well, if the Son sets you free, people in John chapter 8, then you will be free indeed. You'll be free from your father who is the devil who is controlling you, is what John chapter, Jesus is saying in John chapter 8. Hopefully that becomes a little bit clearer now when you understand that the whole Bible has been geared towards teaching you that you can't do it in your own human strength, but he was going to make a new covenant and give you his spirit to do it for you and that the spirit manifests itself through you to do for you what you can't do for yourself. And that's what it was doing in John chapter 8. The spirit, or I should say that what it is what it wasn't doing in John chapter 8. Those people were manifesting the edemic nature whose father is the devil. I think we should say at this point there's there's two words involved, and I've had this word translated in First John three nine. The person born of God does not commit sin. Okay, and then they'll say that doesn't mean not a single time. It means habitually practice sin as a <laughs> lifestyle, <laughs> and so. You probably heard that definition. Oh, a thousand times. I still and we hear did a it podcast every day. On it. Yes, I hear it every day. Well, there's two words for, there's poyeo and prazo. If it was habitually practice, it would be the word prazo. Prazo means to habitually practice as a way of life, a lifestyle, over and over, habitually practice it would say, the person born of God does not habitually practice sin. And then we could say, you know, occasionally he slips up, commits a sin, but as a lifestyle, habitually practicing way of life, no, he's... Now, if he is habitually practicing sin, then maybe we can question whether he's even a, a believer or a Christian, Right? Not when you actually look up those two words. 
but that's not the, the word would be prazo. Yes. The one who prazos sin. Oh, I'm sorry. The one born of God does not prazo sin. Habitually sin. Yeah. And that, that, but and that would fit our says. definition. Yeah. That would fit the way we view things. Right. Or the way the, we've been told to view things. But we can't use that word because that's not the word used there. It's the word poieo. So the person born of God does not poieo sin. Poieo, it says in the definition, is not to be confused with prazo. And in the definition of prazo, it says prazo is not to be confused with poyo. Okay, give us those two definitions and then add on that it's not to be confused with at each one. Poyo is the word that you want to use when you say not a single time does this person do this. It's not done, do he doesn't do this a single time. It's not done a single time. That would mean never once ever does this person do this. Not one single time. Not a single time. In opposition to parazo. Parazo means to habitually practice. Yes. Okay. The reason we can't is because the word poieo is there. So... The person born of God does not poieo sin. The person born of God does not commit a single sin. But what does Paul say in Romans 7 that he does? He says he prazos sin. He habitually prazos sin. But before he said that, he says the law is spiritual. But I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. The part of Paul that is flesh, the part of Paul that is human effort, the part of Paul that was the natural man, the part of Paul that's not believing at that particular moment in Jesus, he's believing in Paul, is the one that habitually practices sin. Paul, the spiritual is the person that is abiding in Christ, abiding in the Spirit. The person abiding in the Spirit does not poieo a single time. He's been born of God. The person born of God does not commit a sin a single time. The person not born of God, the natural man, habitually practices sin. We're not talking about two people. We're talking about one person, two natures, or one person, flesh and spirit. Yes. I hope that clears that up. Yeah, yeah. And that is why in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, at the last verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, Now, brothers, you have the mind of Christ in I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh, as babes in Christ. I couldn't speak to you as spiritual men. Even though you have the mind of Christ, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of 
flesh as men manifesting the human nature. See, Paul was clearly saying that you're manifesting the human nature. He goes on to say, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Even now you're not able to receive it. And we read in chapter 2 that the natural man can't receive the things of God. He says, even are you not still fleshly? Since there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not still fleshly? Are you not walking around like mere men? See, Paul says, I can tell that you're mere men right now. I can't teach you anything because you're not manifesting the mind of Christ that I told you you had. It's all about manifesting and training your senses to discern whether you're talking about spirit or you're talking to spirit or you're talking to the human nature, trying to be as good as spirit and failing. So he says, I could not address you as spiritual, but as men, because he says in 1 Corinthians 2 that the things of the spirit are foolishness. So telling a person that is a Christian spiritual things are foolishness to them because he's perceiving it through his natural mind. You have to get to the person, you have to give them milk, not solid food, until they've learned to discern whether they're manifesting the flesh or manifesting the spirit. Look at this one in Galatians 5. Okay. We're talking about manifesting. Here's a, a point. They're obvious. That's what he, he starts. Paul is talking about manifesting the flesh or manifesting the spirit. He says they war with each other. He starts off saying they war against each other. He does. And he says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. You don't need the law. Mm-hmm. The law is spiritual. The law is spiritual. But you have the spirit. You have the spirit. That's why you're contrary to the law in your natural, your flesh, I guess you could say. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh or the acts of the flesh are manifest. Or the manifestation of the flesh are obvious. Are are what? Obvious. Obvious? Did you mean like they're really easy to tell? The manifestations of the flesh are easy to tell. Yeah, you can rest assured when you see adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. I'm still reading the King James. Yeah. You don't know what lasciviousness means, do you? Isn't it licensed to sin or something? I forget. I think it is. I'm not sure either. Mm -hmm. It sounds bad, though. Yeah. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, prejudices, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, 
I've heard this one too. Yes. They say this means habitually practice. It's not the word prazo. Mm-hmm. It's poyeo. Mm-hmm. The one that does this a single time mm-hmm. shall not inherit the kingdom of good. Don't turn off the podcast because it does get better. Yes, yes. And, and that's why in First Corinthians 15 it, it says, I tell you a mystery, flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because it's your human nature that doesn't inherit the kingdom of God. Your spirit does. It, it isn't it Joe doesn't. doesn't inherit the kingdom of God and John does. It's your human nature doesn't inherit it and your spirit does. But the fruit of the spirit is also obvious. Obvious. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such things there is no law. Okay, so you see how it's telling you how to understand whether you are fellowshipping with somebody in their human nature or not. The acts of the human nature are obvious. That's where you get all your strife and all your jealousy and the lying and not getting things right. That comes from the human nature. From the spirit is where you get all your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, and faith. Which is outlawed nowhere, apparently. (laughs) No, it doesn't bother a person. Everybody loves to fellowship with the spirit once they have learned to recognize the spirit and discern. Isn't that our word, discern? What, what was the word for more than just seeing, but discerning? Oh, it's a horeo. Horeo. Yeah. It's yeah. seeing it, but discerning it with the mind. Yeah, yes. that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. You're, you're, that's why it says we look at things which are not seen, not things which are seen. We look, that's why... Jesus could say, Nicodemus, you see where the wind blows, but you don't see the wind. We don't visibly see a person manifesting himself through us, another person, but we see the actions of that person manifesting, and then we look at what is unseen. That's why it says we walk by faith and not by sight. We believe in what we are seeing by sight. The actions of what we are seeing by sight is done by God or Adam. It's we don't physically see the source, but the manifestation is obvious. Exactly. I hope you're getting this because this is the cornerstone concept of the new covenant. All of the new covenant is based on manifesting. You, as a Christian believer, your job, is to manifest. If you ever wanted to know what you have to do as a Christian, you just are the vessel that God manifests through. That's all. You just bring God wherever you go, and whenever you bring Jesus wherever you go, and wherever God needs him to manifest, he manifests through you, and makes everybody around you just love hanging out with you. That 
That's when you're manifesting. And when you're manifesting, it literally means you can feel heaven on earth. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but feeling righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is manifesting through you, you feel these sensations, righteousness, peace, and joy. It's such a beautiful, awesome, totally cool thing to manifest and experience the Spirit of God working through you. He could use the rocks if he wanted to. He could make the rocks cry out in praise, but he chose to use you. And it's a blessed moment every time he uses you. That is what you're addicted and dependent on. Him manifesting through you is the whole ball of wax right there is Jesus manifesting through you. It's the whole, it's the essence of the new covenant. Jesus manifesting through you. There's no place you can go that you can be arrested, thrown out of for manifesting the spirit, manifesting love. Never seen a sign that says no joyful people allowed, no peacemakers allowed, no. That's a good point. Only one man has ever been arrested, charged, and crucified for living by the fruit of the Spirit. And it was by these insane people who were darkened in their understanding and did this and said he must be doing it by Satan. He must be. These were the people that tried in their own flesh, which manifests all these bad things, to manifest joy and love and peace. They couldn't do it. Try as they were. They, they had the best of intentions. These weren't bad people. The Pharisees were not bad people like they're made out to be. They were good, earnest, hard-working. Tithers. They did everything. They prayed. The best they could. They prayed for hours. Yes. No, they did everything right. They took the law and added their own fence laws. Yes, they did. Said they were the first people to say, we won't even go on an elevator with them. Yes. <laughs> they went to the nth degree to live a righteous life, but the flesh could never produce it. Yes, yes. So we hope that by God's power and by his spirit and his intellect, the mind of Christ, by the mind of Christ, that you can receive what we're talking about today because it really is the cornerstone concept. It's the foundation of the whole new covenant. It's the essence of the new covenant. Manifesting is it when it comes to the new covenant. That is what you were put on this earth to do, is manifest the life of Christ. And we hope that by God's grace, you can begin to understand that and become dependent and addicted to manifesting God throughout the day because it's the best high there is and we want you to experience that high. It, it's the greatest. There's nothing else like it. You can't get any better. Paul said, I gave up all things in view of the surpassing value of experiencing God. Amen. Uh, you know, Watchman E once said, if you get this concept, 
of the Spirit doing it, your Christian life stops becoming a big do and becomes a big done. Big done. Big done. Uh, the writer in Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews, says, make every effort to do one thing. Mm-hmm. And that one thing is to enter the rest, which is means rely on the Spirit. Amen. And you'll produce the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. And yes. then it'll be a big done. It'll be a big done. By God. Father God, thank you for your wisdom and in your wisdom creating this new covenant whereby you do for us what we can't do for ourselves, which is take care of this entire planet. It takes you working through us to keep this planet together and keep it whole and not just trash the whole globe, our best of intentions. We're trying to hold the the planet together. We're trying not to cause it to be a place that is uninhabitable, but ultimately all will see that it takes your wisdom to keep this planet flourishing. Father, please allow us to comprehend how wide and long and deep your love is and rely on that love to love the people around us because only by doing that can we truly effectively love the people around us, Father. So just do it all, Father. Just anoint this podcast with a spirit of wisdom and revelation and give everybody eyes to see and ears to hear. That means not human eyes. It means not human ears, Father. Give it to them. Cause them to understand and say, this is the way I want to live. I want to live by the Spirit of God from now on. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you, guys. Good night. Love you. Love you all.